listening to the Nerds Assemble podcast. Episode 290 of the Nerds Assemble podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Paul. And I'm Paul, aka Retroid. It's, yeah, it's been another big gap again. I mean, basically, you combine illness plus family shit plus it's just the apocalypse. Maybe let's just say that. It's just the apocalypse. Well, I mean, Life's difficult. Co- COVID hasn't gone away. Yeah. Well, the apocalypse hasn't gone away, you mean. It's still here. I mean, it's, it's it's just going. Hey, I mean, and, and the less said about what's happening at COP twenty six at the moment, whilst we record probably for the bear. Um, that you know. that was the because of that. That was the first time I have seen a train in the north, including <laughs> Scotland, be late, and it was twenty seven minutes late. Wow! Because there's um, yeah, uh, there's people trying to, uh, you know, hey, oh, uh, banks, wouldn't it be awfully nice if you didn't burn everything down because it creates value for the shareholders? Yeah. And the bank's going, mm. well, mm. you know, on the one hand, you know, Armageddon, on the other hand, value for shareholders. Yeah. But we're here to talk about other, you know, non-political texts, and yet we're not at the same time because do you know what? All three of us, all three of us, we're gonna be. It's gonna be what we've been up to because it's been such a gap. But all three of us have seen Dune, and you know what that text is? It's fucking political. So sorry, everybody, you're not getting away that easily. Wait, Dune's political? I know. It's like it's some massive allegory metaphor type thing for some really bad shit that happened now, last can, century can, and the century before. It keeps happening. Can, can we just say that now, everything you... is political? Um, it's just that some things are invisibly, invisibly political because um, everybody thinks the same way on them, in general. Now, you see, you know, you're, you're saying this is political, but I can't see what's so political about you know, a story of a remote desert region that is continuously conquered and reconquered because it's one of the only places that the ruling powers can get the material which fuels their entire empire. I can't see how that's political. I just can't see it. I'm sorry, Retro, but damn it, that is so goddamn political. It's hugely political. The spice oh, and them, them, them trampling all, all over the, um, yeah, you know, the people who live there. Yeah. Because the only thing important is that they get the resources. It's just Jesus Christ. Yeah, I feel like anyone who's ever read the original novels will now watch this film and hasn't kind of cottoned on to the fact that this is, you know, a, a, a massive allegory for, like, what's happened in the Middle East over the centuries, decades, whatever, you know. I mean, us Brits have been in there a long time screwing it up, so, you know. <sighs> and if history at school taught me anything... It's that we only did good, nice things and were very cuddly. Hmm. 
And then you get to university, and and then and then the history lessons become a lot less. Or you just think critically. You think critically, and then have to still do some reading. Because even if you try to think critically, unless you find some information well, to get. It's, it's, I, mean, the, I mean, the general I mean, perception yeah. is that uh, if you're British, um, then you are basically a, a you know a brilliant person just by being uh, you know born British, and everybody else are assholes, and everybody else wants to come here because we're great and they're assholes, and that narrative That's... just fucking doesn't. It's like and it's, uh, as, as, a, as a Brit, yeah, you know, who you know, who's met other Brits, it's like, oh boy, yeah, why, 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 Brits, you know. why Brits, why Brits, um, I mean, but... just because you know, British history, you know, primary school and a bit of secondary, it's it's that meme where it's the you know the bloke who's sort of laughing and you know happy. And then, you know, you go to further education or, you know, you just read up yourself and it's that, you know, just the horrified. Yeah, pretty much. It's just the, ha ha, everything is great. Oh, God. Oh, but don't forget that, you know, if, if you go to university and you get taught, you know, all this liberal stuff, then, oh, they're, they're, they're filling your head full of, you know, sort of like teaching you to hate your country and shit like that. You, it's you never can, like, you oh, they're teaching you lies. Any remotely true thing. <laughs> It's never like it's it's teaching you lies. There, it's no, it's it's teaching you to hate your own country. It's like by telling the truth. It's, I, I've took one look around and I've moved to another fucking country. So what does that say? <laughs> mm. uh, but let, let's get back to deserts and sandworms and obsessions with moisture. It's it's very important that you walk without rhythm. Why, why, why do I feel like we're about to go into a Fatboy Slim song? If you walk without... And you won't attract the worm. Um, oh, shit! I didn't actually... Oh, my God! <laughs> Seriously? It passed me by completely, and I have watched, like, the, the Lynch adaptation prior to this. To be fair, I mean, the the last time I watched the Lynch adaptation, I must have probably been about 13 or so. So probably, you know, about 20-odd no, you, years ago. You, your dad put on the VHS once after they moved. Uh, I don't remember that. I think you fell asleep. It was like, ah, it was right. like, it's like one of those sort of Christmas, New Year's watches one time. Ah, right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Christmas, New Year is just a doomed time to try and watch anything, really, isn't it? Well, part of the problem is that uh, it's it's the kind of season where, like, if you are not really, really into this film that you're watching, you fall asleep because you're too knackered. Yeah. Full of food. And full of turkey. Mm. Cake. Pudding. Chocolate. Spice. Mm. Spice, yes. Mm. Retroid. For those uninitiated in the world of Dune, and mm. um, but not follow, not describing the books from him that is adapted from. But could you, for the sake of our audience who perhaps aren't familiar, haven't seen the film, etc., etc., explain what the basic plot, without too much spoilerage, what the basic plot of the uh, film adaptation is? Ooh, <laughs> not much there. Uh, well, 
there it is the uh, um, 10191 and there is a galactic human empire run by an emperor who um, rolls out the cushy jobs to these um, different houses basically the you know the nouveau future aristocracy who you know have their own colony planets you know it it's very colonial in that instead of having you know instead of taking over you know a country they've you know colonized new worlds and adapted them um you know to an extent that alters the people who are um you know living on these worlds for example um you know caladan is quite uh, you know which is the house of trades uh, is you know quite uh, almost sort of um northern europe it's mm. you know relatively rich, a little bit rocky, uh, but it's green, it's wet, um, and there are you know various other houses. Um, uh, when June starts off, House Atreides has been given the mysteriously plummy job by the Emperor of taking over the desert world of Arrakis, otherwise known as June. This world is where the uh, spice melange is is mined and. This is a drug which enables it. Well, it expands cons consciousness. It can um, accelerate evolution or genetic mutation, and it's also the means by which the um, transport guild can warp space, basically by opening wormholes and traveling faster than light, or you know, moving. Uh, traveling without moving is how they, you know, they phrase it. And that's how the entire empire is held together, using this spice in the Traveler's Guild. So, um, House Atreides is given Arrakis. House Harkonnen has to withdraw. And everything's, oh, well, you know, this is nice. We've, you know, got to get cracking on this. And then... Um, Nothing says it, it seems. It, yeah, it 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 starts to go a little bit south, and uh, yeah, it's not as it seems. So yeah, I can't see any colonial themes at all in this. I mean, none at all, right? It's nothing. Oh, and of course, you know, one of the things that the um, House of Treaties um, are told are you know keep an eye out for the uh, the Fremen, who are the you know the Native people of Arrakis. The, yes. the indigenous well, although I'm, I'm, it's it's never quite explained how native they are, but either way, you know, when you're talking about ten thousand years in the future, at least, um, they settled. have been there for thousands of years. That yeah, they they are the they are the people of Arrakis basically, and there are big sandworms and terrifyingly big sandworms. Huge! It's like oh, that's a big worm. It's like no. And, and basically, big yet. And basically, over the course of the film, after they realised this was not a plum deal, it all really goes to shit for them, and they realise that it's really, really gone to shit for them in in ways that actually, when you think about it, you, you could see coming, and they were kind of suspicious of it, but they had to go along with it anyway. Yeah, because it's basically the emperor. You know, the emperor tells you to do something, you will go do it. Yeah, and 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 could you please uh, explain the uh, situation for your Twitter namesake? 
Well, what um, Paul Atreides would. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Paul is the um, the son of Duke Leto Atreides, um, and there's a whole thing where um, his mother um, Jessica, who is a member of the the Bene Gesserit, who are a kind of a religious order who also use spice, but they're supposed to be entirely female line. Uh, but the um, Jessica fell in love with the Duke, and the Duke likewise, and he wanted a son, so she gave him a son, but trained him in the ways of, well, in the Bene Gesserit ways, which includes uh, the voice, which is a sort of a, a psychic command, which can, well, it's, it's an order that you cannot refuse. It's it's like it's a thought. It's an it's a voice and a thought, which may as well be your own, and that's the entire point of uh, you know the whole ordering. You know the bit with the uh, where they're having breakfast before they leave mm-hmm. Caladan, and uh, Jessica, his mother, is uh, telling him use the voice. You know, tell me to pass. You know this food, and. You know, it's not, don't ask, use the voice, because there's uh, supposed to be, it's kind of a prophecy. That's, this is one of the things I like about June, because it's so far into the, you know, the future, that because everything is based on, you know, the science of it, but it's kind of science and religion kind of become intermingled. So, yeah, the Bene Gesserit have been fiddling with selective breeding, and it's a, a question at the start whether Paul Atreides is the one that's prophesized who can be, um, you know, male Bene Gesserit who can free Arrakis. Mm. But yeah, kind of, you know, going well ahead, literally well ahead. With all that, but yeah. Basically, we got we we got a bit of a savior esque thing going on. Yeah, and it, it's a question of who believes it and who doesn't, and also, well, even if there's the vaguest chance that the Ben Gesserit have been able to do something like that, then best kill him. So yeah, so that that's 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 doing you know. Reasonably sized warlock shell, I'd say. Um, yeah. We've all seen it. Did we like it? Dinners. I did. I did too. What about you, Paul? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, to be honest, I, I didn't actually realise until we got into the cinema that it was going to be a multi-part film. Um, in the sense of basically, obviously, like next part's going to be coming out, you know, out like sometime in the future. Um, and I know that they're working on it now, but where it's like, uh, you know, it came up with the credits and like uh, Dune, and it's like part one or you know chapter one or whatever. And it's like, oh, it's going to be like that. And then I was kind of waiting for like the the chapter two to kind of come, and it's like they're not going to do that, are they? So I thought, well, this is a really <laughs> fucking long film. <laughs> As yeah, as as someone who um, I watched the you know the um, basically the first version to actually make it onto the screen, which was the um, the David Lynch, mm. or 
Alan Smithy hmm. because he didn't like uh, the uh, the studio interference with it. So he removed his name, which you know that's that's another topic, isn't it? The Alan Smithy films. Yeah. Um, but I remember I saw that on VHS uh, years ago. It will have been you know about like eighty six, eighty seven. Um, I mean, hell, you know, brilliant time for me catching up with films from the early eighties because you know stuff like Blade Runner, Terminator, you know, Dune. So, oh, lots of, lots of sci-fi j- just to mould my um, my little pliant brain. But yeah, um, I I think you know there's a bunch of people who say that the Lynch film is bad, and there are definitely issues with it. But for all the issues I have with it, I think it's a, it. It's still one of my favourite films. So, you know, when this came along and they're doing a new version and, you know, here here's the trailer, it's like, you know, cautious optimism. Mm. Don't screw it up, don't screw it up, don't screw it up. <laughs> and thankfully they they didn't. And, yeah, there was, the you know, the whole thing, um, as Paul just said, about uh, is there going to be a part two? But it turns out that, it's like, yes, it was successful enough for them to give the go-ahead to part two. I mean, I, I get them being cautious with, like, what of sci-fi is more fraught franchises um in terms of like not green lighting like you know obviously a bunch of sequels like generally wanting to make sure that the first one made bank yeah committing but of course that's at the same time that now means that they've got to do that awkward sequel they need to be able to maintain the quality of of plot acting and effects that they managed to achieve in the first film yeah they're I would say there's enough content. Enough source material, would you say? Yes, yes. Yes. Um, mm. I would, yeah. Um, I'm, I am dearly hoping that they are successful because there's quite a few books. I mean, to be fair, I think part of the reason why they were successful is basically because there's a lot of big stars in, in comparison to, I feel like, the Lynch film, which had, like, Carl McLaughlin and Sting. And technically, Sting was the main name at that point because Carmen Cochran wasn't actually big no. at that point. But you know, with this one, um, obviously the the main actor who played uh, Paul Trades um, is, I would say, probably a relatively unknown. I, I don't recognise him from anywhere else. Um, but you've got you know people like Zendaya, you've got Jason Isaacs, you know you've got um, Josh Brolin, you've got Jason Momoa, you've got um, yeah. Dave Bautista. You know, got quite a few, quite a few um, famous faces supporting it. Yeah, it 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 it's nice. Um, oh, and of course the uh, original Lynch. I, I keep saying original, but you know what I mean. Um, the Lynch film also had um, a young up and coming Brit called um, Patrick Stewart in. Oh, ah, yes, yes, I remember that. <laughs> So is this just to figure the timeline there? Was the eighties Lynch Dune like pre or during TNG? Oh, it was pre. Pre, okay, pre TNG. Yeah. Um, if if my if I've got my dates right, I'm pretty sure it was filmed uh, during eighty three, eighty four, and Next Generation debuted in eighty seven. 
Okay. Yeah. So yeah. There, there was there was no crossover. It, he he was not Jean Luc at that time. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah. So I I was I haven't watched I haven't watched a sci-fi film in a while that I've enjoyed. Like it's been a long time since I watched the Lynch ones. Even though um, I remember watching it more recently than Paul. Um, it's still mm. like, I'm still looking at more than like. Probably older than this podcast um, since I watched it. So at least, you know, nine years. Um, I yeah, I, I I feel a need to watch it again. <laughs> um, but it and I and I've got an omnibus version of like I think the main few the first few books. Um, yeah. I haven't read just the it's... first few. Jesus, I mean, it, is that just like in the shape of a brick? It is a brick. It, it's yeah. it's a, a blue and black type, or is it blue and navy blue? But it's sort of like a blue coloured cover. Um, mm. It's not quite as big as the uh, as a da- well. Or is it? A, no, maybe it is a similar size for Dance of Dragons, um, which I also haven't read. Um, maybe I should just take pictures of me with joint books balanced on my head, like the one I did years ago. Just keep doing that. Um, I mean, the the one that you did years ago that wasn't huge books, was it? It was ju- it was a Dance of Dragons, which you can see now on the cleared bookshelves, poking up behind the uh, was it Joe Abercrombie? Ah, yeah. Um, like some peeking. kind of paper monolith. Yeah, speaking <laughs> out there. Um, but yeah, so I would say that I really wanted to look forward to the next part. Um, I can't say for sure whether or not it looks like what it sounded like in the novels. Um, because I've not read the novels yet. It's in terms of look, Retroid, because have you read mm. have you read the novels then? Or some of them? Oh, um years and years and years ago to the extent that I can't remember much about them, only that there are um there are differences. But mm. not necessarily what those differences are. So I, I I lost my copy of uh, you know the original June because um, brilliantly um, you know this this is the kind of brain genius I am um, I just randomly picked up one of the June books in a shop um, you know years after I'd lost you know my original mm. one and it was it was something like um, Emperor of June or you know, like God Emperor of June mm. or something and it was I think that's one of the later ones. And I started reading it, and he's like, "I, yeah, what? Okay, I'll put that back." Top points, head going over. Yeah. Okay. Because you know they're the talking about this history, which is just I do not remember this. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, it, it it was just you know in in like a secondhand shop, so it wasn't even you know there was a collection of them there. Okay. So, and this this was this again was also pre-internet, so it's not like I could just look it up. Yeah, yeah. So unless there wasn't um, a little bit at the back that would just you know on the just you know or on the inside cover saying you know, like book five or whatever, no idea. Um, but yeah, I I think. We've, we've had a lot of big fantasy franchises make it recently on both TV uh, and obviously film. I mean, the 
well, maybe not so much film lately, I don't know, like the after effects of like all the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit stuff seems to be let's do stuff on TV mm. instead. Because we can take hours. Yeah, exactly. Um, but at the same time, like we haven't, like the only people doing epic sci fi have basically been, you've had Star Trek stuff happening on the small screen more so. Um, and then obviously Star Wars on big and small. Mm. And obviously, Star Wars has paused for the moment. And so there's an mm. opening, which I'm assuming is what Dune's trying to uh, kind of get in there with, however, with a far more complex plot than what Star Wars tends to achieve. I did see a few people say, hang on, is this new Dune movie? Is it ripping off Star Wars because it starts off on a desert planet? And it's like, fuck you, fuck you. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Oh, what, what, when were the first books published in the 50s or 60s? Yeah. Something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, so uh... it's, it's just, you know, if, if you've seen anything where there's, you know, um, a sci fi where you've got, um, you know, a future empire which, you know, looks, you know, like it's got, you know, regal regalia, you know, all that kind of thing. Uh, you know, a little bit sort of a mixture of you know past and future. Guess where that comes from? I can't imagine. It's not bloody Star Wars. Me, the Star Wars fan, it's like no, no, it's not ripping off Star Wars. Stop it. <laughs> For fuck's sake, go to Wikipedia, type them in, or just go to Google and type them in. I mean, it's kind of weird. Well, I say weird, but also a little bit sweet at the same time. Basically, how fans just try and protect their fandoms. Without knowing anything about like anything else that's going on, yeah, it's it's just. I think there's there's a, a certain type of fan who will engage brain before. Oh well, you know they'll engage gulp or you know slash fingers before the actual brain. Mm. And it's like everything is a thinking aloud, and it's like no, you you can think about it while keeping your gulp. All fingers still. You can't think. No, that would make no sense, and I'd, that sound really bloody stupid to say that. So I'd best not. Or is that just optimism? Might be optimism. Yeah. Yeah. So aside from Dune, and now looking forward uh, uh, to in, a in, in, Incidentally, kind of you know, kind of related yeah. to that. I'll I just remember um, there was a little thread that someone did of um, comic fans or, you know, people who would call themselves Marvel fans <laughs> um, seeing Jack Kirby art for the first time and commenting on it. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's about oh as well as it went. Oh, boy. We say, what, what's he doing with these designs? It's get, he created everything that you like in the films. Shut the mm. fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on from Dune and, yeah, fans. It's good, go see it. If it's still on New Link Cinema, as we're seeing, um, try and get quite screening. Ours was quite busy, but we thankfully did not catch COVID from the event of going to it. Um, I was going to say this is that's a positive, but um, that's what you were trying to avoid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, however, I've seen something else that's current in the cinema last week, um, might still be on in some of the biggest cinemas, 
I went and saw Halloween Kills. Yeah. So, for those who haven't been keeping up, um, but are also familiar with Halloween, or maybe aren't, um, so there's a, lot, there's a lot of Halloween films that have been made over the years. It is one of the kind of uh, epitomes of the slasher genre, uh, in terms of being sort of on the popular side. Um, the more recent films, the last two films, they all made in 2018, one released in 2018, the one released this year, 2021, follow a new chronology. So basically, they start, they count the original first film from the 70s as its first film. And right. then the film in 2018 is set something like, was it like 30, 40 years after that film? Actually, more like 40 odds, really. Um, mm. And then this 2021 film is a direct sequel to the 2018 film. So it's a new okay. chronology, completely new, like like a new, um, just, you know, soft reboot, basically. And there's, still no, another, I... and there's still another film to come. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I have not been a fan of the Halloween films. It's they're not ones that, that I've avoided. I've just not seen them. I think I've seen the original one years ago. I've seen the first one a couple of times now. I think I've I've seen the second one or bits of it at some point. I've not seen any mm. of the other ones. Aside from this new chronology, like when I realised that when I saw trailers for Halloween Kills. Uh, out late last year, early this year, I was like, oh gosh. But there's so many Halloween films, however will I catch up to watch it? And then I found out, it doesn't matter, because it's a new chronology, a new new timeline. And so all I had to do was watch the original, and then watch the 2018 film, and I was set. It was great. Um, Halloween Kills, if you thought, if you've seen the 2018 film, if you thought the 2018 film was bloody, Boy, boy, oh boy, have we got news for you. Uh, Halloween Kills manages to take uh, Michael Myers' uh, killstreak tendencies up to new unknown levels, or at least I don't know if he went as crazy as he does in Halloween Kills as he did in like other, you know, previous sequels. It's crazy. Don't exist anymore? Well, technically, this new timeline they don't exist now. I mean, you could go with the original timeline where you know you take in things like Halloween Three, which had nothing to do with Michael Myers and various things, and you wind up somewhere eventually around kind of like uh, uh, oh god, wherever it got to in terms of the sequels for the original Strand, um, and obviously there's the um, zombie films as well. Um, yeah, what I want to know is, does it respect Freddy versus Jason? Does Michael Myers come up in Freddy vs. Jason? I have no idea. It's, it's, that was such a Jason, stupid film. It's Jason from um, Friday the 13th versus obviously Freddy Krueger from yeah. uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I get the feeling that um, it was probably a wise decision for them to just to say, yeah, we'll take the first one and then ignore everything else because... There are a lot of those horror movie franchises that, well, first of all, they weren't created as franchises. No. And then they just kind of got run into the ground and became 
oh, yeah. very weak source versions of themselves. So, yeah, it's yeah. probably a very good idea just to, it, yeah, those don't exist now. It's okay. Yeah, it, it tends to be like maybe the first couple of films were all right, and then the later ones are like, what? Um, te- case in point, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, first three films, reasonably enjoyable and good. Fourth film with Renee uh, Svelga uh, in it is like atrocious. Um, just I wouldn't go near it. Um, basically, uh, I have like the first three on disc, and I'm happy with that. And I will never collect beyond that <laughs> because yeah, no. Um, or is it just going to be mind ripper all over again? Anyway, anyway, Halloween Kills. So it's it it takes place the same night, the same night as the ending of the 2018 film. So while obviously there's been a gap for the actors and that for the characters, there's been no gap. It's the same night. It's 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 starting off where um, things left off. Yeah. Uh, with basically uh, Michael Myers in the, I can't remember the name of the small town that they kind of use for the films, but in the town, Loose. Um, And it basically tries to show that the events of the previous film weren't due to what everyone thought they were. Um, And basically uh, there's some really interesting stuff towards the end of the film i i kind of if i spoiler warning spoilers everybody okay with some spoilers yeah go on give it give me a couple of minutes listeners if you, you want to skip but um okay so basically towards the end of the film as michael murderizes something like you know 20 odd people or something in one go basically um uh is it laurie which is um, oh, what's the face he plays? What's the actress's name? He's been in oh, load of the films. He played the original babysitter. Is it what's the actress? Is it Jamie? Jamie. Is it Curtis? Jamie Lucas? Sorry, what? Jamie Lucas. That sounds right. Yeah, Jamie Lucas. Uh, her character Laurie, and um, this guy that plays a. Uh, officer, you know, like uh, sheriff officer, police officer, whatever deputy, who was in the original film. Um, basically, they theorize, also Laurie does to him, that um, basically with each kill, Michael does or makes he grows stronger. Basically, because he has like he suffers throughout the previous film. And this mm. film, injuries that you shouldn't get back up from. He is a supernatural being by this point. And there's also yeah. a far more direct inference that the mask that he wears may partly have a role to play with this as well. That it's not quite the uh, distorted uh, William Shatner mask that you might think it is. Um, it still tickles me that it's a William Shatner mask. I know. Um, so yeah, so it's it's just it's just really good. It's a really good addition to franchise to this new kind of like uh, sequel and stuff. Um, I swore a lot 
um, I went to see it with my middle brother, um, and he was very accepting of the swearing that happened. Um, and, and, and my main review element uh, takeaway for this film is fuck, basically. Because, Fair enough. That sounds like a good review. Yeah, because you you just you can't stop going. Oh god! Oh god! Oh no! Oh no! Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Shit! 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 For just about every other minute of that film, basically. Um, so yes, yeah, it's, it's worth saying. It's, it's it's a good addition to the series. Mm, mm. Um, I'm gonna take us away from films for a minute now. Still staying within horror, though. We're still staying within horror. Um, hurrah? Hurrah for hurrah. Um, so, uh, I watched Midnight Mass over the last few weeks. Have you also watched Midnight Mass? I have indeed. Oh, good. Um, so I think I need to have a spoilers-led discussion about this as well. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, what now, I- now you will know the pain, seeing as I did I did talk about um, this yeah. on the previous podcast, but you'd only seen up until, what was it, about halfway through season, uh, episode two or something, so, like, something that. like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now, yeah. now I've seen it all. Okay, okay, okay. So spoilers, everybody. We're sorry. Not sorry, but sorry. Um, it, get, go watch Midnight Mass. There's only seven episodes. It's fine. Uh, and then come back. Uh, if you haven't seen it, or if you do care. Um, but basically, is it implied by the end of the goddamn whole thing? Whilst they are out in the boat, mm. is there the implication because Thingy's paralysis comes back after the master vampire probably will have been cooked by the sun. Is there the implication that if they had just managed to kill the motherfucking Master Vampire in the goddamn first place, they could have cured the entire goddamn island? Possibly? Because that's what I took away from the final episode, because it only makes sense that the effects of the vampirism, if you're going by that, if you kill, you know, the head vampire... Because that's one that's one version of law. If you kill mm. the head vampire, you reverse the effects of everything that my has done. The one question with that was that most of the people who had been turned did did so quite violently. Yeah. So yeah, I would I would honestly be surprised. If that many of them would have been alive, if that had been the case, I know, I know. But if they'd actually acted sooner, if they hadn't faffed with like, like basically, if everyone had figured out this whole master vampire issue sooner, then they could have just, you know, and that's the thing. Nobody says the word V. It's no, no one says the V word, and that's amazing. Vampires never yeah. mentioned. It's it's like Walking Dead. You know, in the you know, in the first few seasons, and says that they at least they come up with a word for them, but they still obviously never call them zombies. Yeah, it it's I I liked that. I mean, on you know, I I saw um, you know having 
well, I had some discussions on uh, Twitter that it was ludicrous that you could have a situation like that and no one would say, hang on, what the fuck are these vampires? Mm -mm. But on the other hand, as soon as you say vampire, you you get a giant FedEx delivery of lore that you are lumbered with. Yeah. So I, I understand how if you're going to try and approach it in the sort of, you know, realistic way, you know, you're doing a, a, you know, a story about, you know, a small, you know, fishing community like this that, you know, suddenly finds it, you know, vampires in its midst. And that is sort of mushed together with the whole religion, which I thought was doing quite well. Yeah. Then you, you know, you're you're trying to avoid a hell of a lot of the, well, you know, there's holy water, and you know, you can't see them in mirrors, and, and, and you know, maybe, blah blah blah, and maybe silver affects them, and maybe crosses, and yeah, you know, all that kind of crazy. So it's it's kind of if if you don't mention it explicitly, then you can just pick and choose what you're wanting to do with that. I'm just checking something. Um, uh, That basically, someone I'm just gonna I'm having to do a a Twitter search, but it's never a good thing. Uh, Let's have a look. Did did some people? I swear I saw the suggestion from someone, someone saying, and that's this why I'm trying to search it a minute, just to see if it does come up on Twitter. But, um, okay, no. I thought I saw a suggestion um, about the uh, handling of the Catholicism in Midnight Mass. Uh... Uh, 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 let's just, I'm just looking through the Twitters. I'm just looking. Uh, I have to say it's, it's not an area of expertise for me. Um, I feel like, I think somebody, uh, I think somebody, some there might be some implications that um, uh, um, don't quote me on this. Do not quote me on this. But I think there were some implications on some corners of Twitter suggesting that uh, midnight mass romanticized Catholicism, and it's like no, 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 it's the exact opposite. People like it does not romanticize Catholicism. It it does it's no. There was not a lot that I could say. Oh yeah, that's quite romanticized. Yeah, like it it's not shown in a good light like it's not pro-catholic like at all (laughs) it's it's um yeah i I have to say the kind of uh community that the islanders find themselves in as Mm. somebody living in um like a rural village um yeah, you can identify with some of that. You so, know. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah, yeah, they'd do that. That whole, that whole small community thing. Um, 
in fact, and also staying, I've also used stayed in parts of Cornwall where the the community is even smaller, and that whole kind of locals, yeah, yeah, it gets it gets creepy pretty fast if you if you're an outsider. Um, so, but no, no, you know, like giant wicker men. As of yet, no. However, I don't think we've ever been on the lizard during midsummer, so anything's possible. Unless Paul's not telling me about something when he was living down the lizard. He's giving me a look. I don't I'm sure if it's a look of denying. Don't talk about this with the outsiders. We've discussed this. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I don't remember much of a time when I wasn't living with you, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, do, do, were there any human sacrifices when you lived at the other end of the county? Um, no, not human sacrifices, only sacrifices of dignity. Okay. <laughs> if that's all. Um,. I know the Midnight Mass was like that, that's that's one for nerds after dark. <laughs> there was um people you were wondering who was gonna survive. Did you find yourself wondering that? Well same moi. Yeah. Yeah. And um I kind of liked how they did that. Because there were several people that you thought, well, you know, they're probably going to survive, surely. And then it turns out that they, d- they didn't even survive until the last episode. Mm. So it was all kind of, you know, up in the air. And I liked um, the reversal with the, you know, the teacher. With what she thought death was. Yes. That's kind of you know you, you get that again, but it's a it's a slightly more informed take by recent events. Yes, definitely. I I yeah I I got the sense of it as um it it was like a book adaptation. I have no idea if it was, but do you know what I mean with that? Um, is it because it was quite self-contained? self-contained and um the way it was paced because it 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 got a sense that you know we're on the service like netflix just like if you pick up a book you don't pick up just the first chapter or two Mm. you have the whole thing and it's you know we are going to trust the viewers with um you know a bit of world building not actually telling you exactly what's going on Mm. and you know what is in store what kind of story this is going to be other than there's something going on so yeah it kind of reminded me of um you know various horror books in that sense in, in in the in the structure and that's kind of what i like i don't want the you know it's fine as is but you know the series where you watch them and the hook is right there at the end of the first episode because they feel that they have to mm. yeah and it, and it wasn't until episode three where it really freaking sunk in what the fuck was going on 
yeah, it was just lots of weird things, and you know, well, there's something going on, but I'm not entirely sure what. And one of the best things about it was, um, well, like you know, with Squid Game, we just saw it, thought, mm, give that a go. What do we know about it? Nothing. And yeah, Midnight Mass ended up being one of my favorite Netflix series. Still need to finish watching Squid Game. And if you liked that. I would recommend that you watch the Haunting series. That there are two of them. But they got was on... Lime Manor one and yeah, and there's an earlier one as well. It's a, it shares several of the same cast. I thought it did. I thought people were looking familiar from like trailers and that. And and just you know just to have an extra level of oh fuck I'm <laughs> old. Um, the the main character, or I would say, you know, who you think is the main character. Um, you know, his father. Yes. He's Elliot from ET. Oh shit! <laughs> oh my god! No. You look at him. You look at him, and then look at a picture of Elliot. And it's like, oh, fuck. Okay. That's, yeah, that's a whole other level. Oh, Lord. And for a start, he's in both of the the Haunting series as well. And they're both self-contained. Yes. And they they both have, you know, different spins on things. Yeah, one of the Haunting ones, though, is actually based on a novel for sure because one's based on the, I think the newer one so the one before Midnight Mass that they made Flanagan made mm. it's um, I think that's based on the Henry James stuff yes yeah so I need to because I, I watched the first episode that I need to get back to it but the thing is is that I could I could I had because I've read when I was on my degree like the what it's based on mm. And so I was, like, having a bit of, like, deja vu and trying not to remember what happens, basically. Well, in in that sense, maybe watch the other one first. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, we, we watched the second one, which I think was a Bly Manor. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, one of those, uh, do we have anything to watch? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's have a look around. Well, this doesn't look awful. Shall we give it a go? And ended up really enjoying it. And then, you know, going to watch the other series that they did. And you say, yeah, really enjoy this as well. Nice. I found them perfectly splendid. (laughs) Um, I'm just trying to think there's anything. um, Because it... Listen doesn't know that we, it took us a while to get going tonight because we were being foiled by technology, something wicked. Um, uh, so, like, it, it, we started recording later than we wanted to, basically. Uh, do you know what? I've been... Random-ass thing I'm watching at the moment, just because mm-hmm. I was looking desperately for something that wasn't going to be too much of an emotional investment to watch whilst exercising on my exercise bike, I ended up sticking on um, the 
uh, cartoon of um, Avatar: The Last Airbender. I've never watched it. I was just like, because I keep seeing memes um, in various places for it. So I'm just like, you know what? I will see what this kid's cartoon is about because I know it's influenced a lot of people over the years since it came out in what, 2000? What? It's early noughts to like 2007 or something like that. That that sounds about right because I think there was. There was an early 360 game based mm. on it, which would mean about 2006. Yeah. Um, and obviously there's Cora as well, which is the follow-up series. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I watched the first few episodes whilst I was on my bike, and I was just like, oh, actually, no, no, this is quite enjoyable. This is quite fun. Um, just because... Just I, I also watched like an episode of... I can't remember what the Danish name is, but on Netflix at the moment there's a series called The Chestnut Man, um, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's, it's you know Scandi noir crime, people murdered, community in shock, etc. 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 Does it have a dysfunctional detective? Yes. Excellent. And they're a lady. Is there a relationship and, with their family la- broken and down? And they're a lady. They're a woman. Oh, well then. You know, yeah. like, okay, like, yes. if, like if you, in fact, actually, I have a feeling that the book, I get the feeling that the book it's based off of, and then the guy that, who, because the author of that then helped write the, like, the, the story concept for the show. I think it's the same person that wrote The Killing. So, oh, now I am definitely interested. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, it's creepy, it's crimey, it's Danish, and it's on Netflix right now. Um, I, I watched one episode. Um, I just basically I, I watched that whilst exercising the previous day, but then I came to this morning and I was just like, do you know what? I just I just need something. I just need something that's maybe a little bit more lighthearted to get through today. Just like <laughs> it was, it was good. I was, it is available with dub, but I was watching it with captions because I've been learning Danish now for over a year. Yay! Three hundred seventy odd days now of Danish. Um, um, let's see. Shall uh, shall we do some of the things I've? Yeah. Consumed. Go for it. Um, well, I one of the reasons we couldn't do the podcast last week was because I was um, going down to um, back down to Carlisle in Tory England. <laughs> and um, yeah, I've got a few hours traveling each way, so I ended up watching uh, some things. Oh yeah. Uh, one of the things I watched was um, a sci-fi film. I know it's a big shock. <laughs> Um, on Netflix we should really get some kind of affiliate link (laughs) (laughs) called Oxygen okay what's that about Um, the the long and short of it is a woman wakes up and she appears to be in some kind of um, cryopod and she's surrounded by uh, readouts, and she's got 
you know, tubes going into veins in her arms. Uh, she has no memory of who she is or anything like that. Oh, wow. Um, so she she is woken up by the, you know, the AI, or rather the, you know, the interactive computer, whether it's an AI is debatable. It, it's, it's more like a voice assistant. Okay. And um, she's asking it questions and, you know, who am I? And she goes, oh, you know, you are pod um, 267. You know, that, you know, all that kind of thing. And she's trying to find out who she is, um, what's going on. And then the computer warns her that her oxygen is running out. And that's why she's been woken up. So um, it's her trying to work out who she is, what's going on, who locked her in the, the casket, or the, you know, the, like, you know, the cryo um, hypersleep thing. Yeah. Um, and it's the slow discovery with several dead ends while she's, you know, talking both to the computer and then she's finding a little snippets of files and just remembering names from, uh, you know, fragments of memory which are coming to her. Mm. And, you know, talking with the police on the phone and, you know, they're saying that they're trying to find her and, you know, there are all these, you know, various things. I am not going to spoil it other than to say it was a... You know, I enjoyed it. It was a good film. It's it's not one where it just you know stops. You will, you know you will find out what happens and you know things are explained. It's not a David Lindoff <laughs> where it will float various you know interesting ideas and then do nothing with it. You do find out what's going on, but yeah, it it was good. And it definitely made my um, journey between Carlisle and Edinburgh. Um, actually, no, no, this was on the bus. So um, Edinburgh and Dundee go a lot faster than otherwise. That's good. And will you so, take yeah. advantage, obviously, of um, download functions for Netflix to do this? Uh, yes. Although in, in this instance, um, I had forgotten to download it. Oh, so okay. Brilliant planning, planning ahead there, Paul. Um, so I just streamed it on data, and uh, it didn't actually kill my data allowance. Good. Which which was rather good. Uh, previous journeys, I've um, done things like I've rewatched, um, you know, the latest Star Trek Discovery season, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But um, oh, and I also watched R.I.P.D., which was definitely a thing that I witnessed. Is that the one that's based off of a comic that's got some big names in it? Well, it's got um, Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges. Is it Jeff Bridges? That's them, yes. Yeah, um, yeah it, I got the sense that it was um, plucking lots of things from the, you know, the, the comic just because they liked the idea of it. And it definitely had a sense that it had been through lots of different hands. So it could have been it could have been a lot better than it was. It's it's kind of uh, it it made me want to read the comic, but mostly because I liked the ideas in it more than they were used in the film. The execution and it's got liking. It's got Kevin Bacon in as a buddy. Oh okay. Which is like okay. 
this play about it? Oh god, what was the one where he turns invisible where he plays about it? It happens occasionally. What, X-Men First Class? No, no. he turns invisible. Oh, uh, that's just the, the Invisible Man. The Hollow Man. The Hollow that's Man, one. yeah. That was it, Hollow Man, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, oh, so you get X-Men First Class, Hollow Man, and... Oh yeah, he was good in X Men First Class, wasn't he? Yeah, he was that um, sleazy billionaire kind of uh, yacht man. Yeah, he was good. Um, so yeah, I yeah. Let's see. Um, some something else uh, we've watched is um, the latest. Uh, what we do in the shadows. That's another series I need to watch. It's very good. It's, All yeah. I do, do you know what my exposure to what, what we do in the shadows is currently mainly through explicit fan art that occasionally rumbles past my um, fan account. <laughs> what, what's that account again? No, it's not happening. Um, I'm just like I was just like, oh okay. Or you know, like people who like really like it and they're just showing some gifts, but occasionally it includes explicit fan art. Um. So, yeah, I suppose uh, if I if I watch the show, I'll understand the ship dynamics in this fan art. Yeah, the the, the characters are excellent. Really, <laughs> it you know it can't come recommended enough. It watch it along with Bad Batch. Do you know what? We haven't touched Wait. Disney Plus since. What, the end of uh, What If? Yeah. Yeah. Not about it. Oh, wait, technically speaking, um, Black Widow. We watched that oh, after What yeah, If. Oh, yeah, we did, yeah. Yeah, okay, fair, fair. You know, you know what would be a good um, palate cleanser after that? Bad Batch. Bad Batch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Um, oh, and we're um, most of the way through watching uh, season three of Doom Patrol, which is also very good. So is that on Stars Play, or has Dave Internet helped you out? Dave Internet, because um, any add-ons to Amazon Prime can really just go do one. Fair. Especially because there's so little. Yeah. It's just, I wouldn't mind so much if there was like, you know, a constant barrage of stuff you know, for me to watch, but my God, there's so little to choose from on Amazon. Even when you include all the stuff which isn't included. Mm. Which I know is, yeah. But mind you, uh, we did finish, uh, we did watch and finish watching uh, Fear the Walking Dead Season 6. Mm. Ah? Which is on Amazon Prime now, finally. Oh yeah, because that was an add-on, wasn't it? Um, yeah, you you are you had to pay for the season. You always have to pay for seasons for a while after they go on there. Well, I mean, because uh, what was it AMC had a contract with like BT it's or something. BT, oh, yeah, just, just like, but yeah, it was just for Fear the Walking Dead. And um, yeah, so Amazon's basically kind of doing the thing where it does like, oh yeah, you can watch it free on Prime. A year after it comes out, when we've got a new season, 
meanwhile it's just kind of like looking at disney plus being like what well, so you've got all of the walking dead now i suppose you want to just bend anyone's arms in this particular territory to you know maybe bring it to uh bring other tie-ins to you i mean the new the other one that uh, oh walking dead world beyond or something is whatever it is yeah. maybe that can just go away because it just oh the the world's most <laughs> stupid teenagers yeah that that right we've we've grown up in a world post the apocalypse where the walkers are all around us and we're having to rebuild but we don't yeah. seem to think about any of this shit and we're absolutely bloody hopeless yeah we have we have grown up with zero survival skills well, I mean, you yeah, know, they've been surprise. protected this entire time. It's allegory. Come on. Yeah, but it's 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 just one of those tropes, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, but can we just say for Fear the Devil season, Fear the Walking Dead season six? Holy fucking shit! That season. Oh, yeah, I can't I'm... remember if if I, if that's the one I've seen or not. Do you remember what you've seen up to? Um, is this the season with the dam? There are technically several seasons with a dam. You need to be more specific. Um, hmm. Without spoiling it too much. Um, have you met Morgan? Yep. Okay. That's uh, definitely after season three then. Was was there an occasion where um, they have someone locked up in an old church? Yes. That's the that, That's the one I've seen. Because that's um, yeah, cowboy hat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh man. With the tra- uh, in a mixture of trying not to spoil, and also I can't remember anyone's names. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, there's Morgan, there's Rick, <laughs> uh, and you know, when it comes to the other ones, there's this priest guy. Uh, <laughs> She's been around for a while. But, um... Yeah. I remember Judith, you know, Rick's daughter. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's not been the same since uh, Carl, you know, went to the Great Walkers Beyond. Yeah. Um... I mean, it's, it's definitely... Um... Because obviously, uh, I think it's just The Walking Dead itself, uh, the TV series that was obviously, um, you know, from from the comics, um, and they have changed. I mean, it, from the outset, they changed quite a, quite a bit um, in terms of like specific sort of characters and character deaths and whatnot. But um, as kind of things have progressed in this TV series, it has kind of diverged a bit more and a bit more and a bit more. Um, and as far as I'm aware, the Fear the Walking Dead um, is basically just a spin-off of the TV series, and there was no kind of you know basis in comics for it. All I but... want to know is I, all I know is I want to see season seven, and that I can't <laughs> believe we have to wait till is it February for the second half of the final season of Walking Dead? Yes. That's yeah. Cool. Annoying. And then they're gonna do an anthology series as well. Were they doing tiny movies, or was that just? Uh, no, the 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 Rick movies uh, are meant to be presumably coming. They've been in the works for several years now, presumably partially slowed down by COVID. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would do it. I mean, it's kind of weird. It kind of feels like TV has bounced back more from COVID than film has. That's because they have the advantage of having to not kind of change their sets as much. If you think about, like, okay, so, yeah, yeah. so, so, I, I got a really good CW observation for this. Can I, can I, can I give you an observation for CW? Uh, so last year they had a whole load of shows, including a couple of new ones, and they renewed all of them. And this includes mm. Walker, the new version of Walker with uh, Jared Padalecki. Um, I noticed that was on season two. Yeah, um, the first season was absolutely freaking diabolical. Um, and they, it's clear that the only reason they decided to renew it, even though its film figures were meh, um, is because everything was already set up. They already had most of their actors. You know, um, it, like there wasn't much work involved, basically. Like if you're dealing with yeah. some restrictions with COVID, it, it, it was already kind of pretty set. Um, so yeah. Yeah, CW did that with Walker and a whole bunch of other stuff when they normally wouldn't have done, basically. I'm wondering when... Um... The Boys season three's meant to. Oh, it's been filming. Jane Boy, Jensen, oh, yeah, yeah. Jensen's been sharing photos of him behind the scenes and shit, um, being Soldier Boy and all that. So, but so, um, looking forward to that. Mind you, I think they've, um, they've started getting. Unfortunately, with you know, with the boys now, when I watch that, I would just be hearing Boimler. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, he's he's like the um, I would necessarily say the useful useless one out of the boys, but is the the one who the, like the main guy. Okay. Yeah. Other than Carl Urban. Okay. It just he he he's the one who's just dragged along with all this shit. Mm. Was everyone else is either trying to run away from it or throwing themselves into it. Mind you, I, I haven't seen anything talking of TV series in the years of them making it into that and seem to bounce back further. Um, I haven't seen um, whether or not there was going to be any like strike action by people who were a member of the sort of union to do with you know basically everyone behind the scenes. Because mm. um, there were some issues with conditions and stuff that people were getting quite angsty about. Um, and looking to uh, strike on, and if that happens, if basically like the majority of people who work behind the scenes doing everything from well, I suppose costumes to gaffer and all that, decide to like strike, we would see an effect similar to what we had with the writer strike in two thousand eight. So yeah. But, uh, but it's interesting. The scar of COVID on TV and film production is different to the scar of uh, sort of writing. I mean, the other thing that you've got to think Sorry. about is the fact that um, general production of TV series now has kind of, um, yeah, been interesting because they they don't necessarily kind of do it for like, you know, um, well, they obviously kind of do it this season type yeah. thing. But... Um, it's not as like you know dead stop in the middle of like showing a TV show 
and like you know this kind of cultural mark where like every um tv series that were running at that time had like only half a season um you don't wouldn't really kind of get that now you'd probably get like some slight delays and whatnot because they'll just basically stick it um a bit further kind of along in the schedule yeah there are a whole load of things which have just been um thrown up in the air they were just the way they were because that's the way they were done Mm. i think part of it is also probably because i i mean i don't know this for certain but i would imagine like when dealing with say for example a 12 episode season of something that they'd have nowadays um that they'd have them all kind of done before they they start showing them in comparison to like before <laughs> well you say that so the only post writer strike but network 13 episode show I've watched would be something like Hannibal and Hannibal was definitely not being filmed all in one go they were, they were, okay, they but were, I mean, he started shooting and showing. And stuff. Maybe I'm just kind of thinking more along the lines of, say, for example, you know, oh, like definitely the, Netflix and Amazon film in one go, if, if, if that's what you're thinking, right? Yeah, hmm. okay. We're, we're saying how things have changed, little snippet. Um, probably, you know, the last thing that I'll, you know, chuck in the ring. Um, the movies that made us. On Netflix again. We need an affiliate link. Where? Come on. Where, where's my Netflix card? But um, in, it's I, you know I thought okay I'll you know I'll watch this while I'm you know down in Carlisle because then it's you know because usually you know we'll watch things together. But in this case, um, you know there was no interest from you know the half about you know watching these, and it's like yeah they're not the best documentary kind of thing they're they're a little bit too um channel five top 20 times something went south (laughs) you know kind of style but um one of the things that struck me because i've watched uh the aliens um ghostbusters uh back to the future um you know just you know, off the top of my head, uh, you know, uh, about these, you know. And, um, yeah, a lot of these films that we remember so well and, you know, that they become, you know, these huge sort of, you know, zeitgeist and genre linchpins, they were incredibly cheap. Yes. Even even convert for today. Yeah. And a lot of the time it was, uh, you know, there were various things that were changed because the studios, which only seems to have been in the ones I've watched, one bloke who moved around to different studios. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, just um, this, this guy who got uh, pushed out of Columbia and then found himself at Universal. And he's he's been in uh, several of these, you know, making ofs. Oh, and there was a Jurassic Park episode I watched as well. That that was a good one. Um, but yeah, they're you know they're talking about all these scheduling conflicts and um, having to do uh, 
know, like various, you know, trade favors between the studios, like to get uh, Michael J. Fox on Back to the Future. Mm. And of course, there was the whole thing about um, Michael J. Fox was not the original Marty McFly. Yeah, because they, didn't they film a whole load with um, the thingy? Uh, Eric Stoltz. Yeah. Yes, they had several weeks of filming and they had to um, yeah, go back to the studio and say he he's not getting it. <laughs> Because he seemed to be playing it as uh, a teenager who was having an existential crisis because he was thrown back in time. And they, you know, they were very much, it's not a story about existential crisis. That's not Martin McFly. (laughs) Why are you playing it like that? Of course, nowadays, uh, I mean, I'd probably just do face replacement or something. (laughs) Yeah, it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Mm. Oh, and, um, yeah, stuff like, oh, I forget his name, but a uh, guy who played uh, Marty's father. Crispin Glover? Oh. That's him, yeah. I knew he was an odd fish, but some of the, you know, the stories from, uh, you know, behind the scenes, mm. where it, it's just, they you know, they would frame up a shot and then he'd just wander off. And it would be Crispin. Why are you going over there? And you go, I, you know, I really think that my character would, you know, want to move over here. And they're saying, no, he doesn't, Crispin. He wants to stand right where we fucking put the mark. <laughs> and you know, and, and various bits like that. And it's just, oh, oh, god. And yeah, uh, the stuff with. I felt really bad for the originals um, bloke who they got to do the special effects for Jurassic Park because he was one of the masters of stop motion. And they were very much, we're not doing CG, until um, this guy who was working at ILM. And he just come across as a bit of a bell end. But you know, he, he was told we're not doing CG. So, and he said, okay, I'll do CG then. And, you know, basically pulled all these little tricks like when had uh, they had um, the executives from, you know, Universal and Spielberg coming, they would, uh, um, he'd done an animation of a, a T-Rex skeleton walking. Hmm. And he put that on a computer monitor and put the monitor facing the door as they came in the building. So it's the you're not showing your you know your dinosaur animation to you know to them, and you say, okay, I'll just put it in a doorway where they can't help but see it. Cunning. Yeah, and then it was like, oh, you know, can you put skin on it? And he did put skin on it, and um, they were, oh my god, this is amazing. We're doing CG, and of course, the original stop motion effects uh, bloke was, oh, well, that that's me ruined. You know, my entire um, industry has disappeared overnight. No one's wanting. You know, stop motion hmm. anymore. But then, what kind of happened with that was um, the computer guys could, you know, render these dinosaurs, and they would look like, you know, vaguely like they had skin and everything like that. But they couldn't animate them. They had absolute murder in animating them to make them look right. Whereas, of course, this guy, who had been you know playing with you know these models and you know knew exactly how to make you know these things look like, 
they were you know moving and dynamic and you know fast or speedy or wobbly or you know whatever was needed he was brought back in to work on the animation of the cg dinosaurs which is kind of hilarious so kind of, to think about it. Yeah, but it's, oh, God, you know, just you could tell when he was describing the moment when he got the phone call from, you know, Steven Spielberg's people to telling him, you're not required. Hmm. You could tell that was just, a, you know, it was a breaking point for him, even all these years later, recounting the story. And, of course, it, didn't, it turned out it wasn't because he was still needed... You know, you know, the animators suddenly became, you know, really important. But, yeah, you, you could tell it was, I've been doing this stuff for decades, and then it was just, you're not needed. But, yeah, bas basically all these films that we remember, they're a lot cheaper than the films we get now, and that's not just accounting for inflation. I'm talking um, all these big you know, blockbuster movies, they're much more expensive proportionally mm. than, you know, these movies from the past ever were. The thing is, though, is that I'd also say that the marketing budgets that get thrown within that now are far bigger than what they used to be as well. Like, I, oh, it's yeah. kind of scary the size of the marketing budget that gets thrown at them now. And I would say, personally... That I, I don't think that a lot of films are getting bang for their buck when it actually comes to their marketing budget. Um, mm. And I, I think there's a lot of, I, I'm saying that, I think there's a lot of agencies out there who are overcharging for this shit um, and not strategizing it very well. And also, like you can definitely tell when you've got issues with marketing with it because some of the stuff that has to do with the trailers or like the posters, you know, when you get the stuff where it's like it's nothing like the film. All right. Yeah. Yeah like that yeah they get money thrown at them but they can't be able to understand what it is that they're marketing well it's it's possibly that possibly the fact that they feel that they've probably got a weak film and try and market it in a different way um to try and kind of get people almost like you know sucker punch people into watching their watching the film mm. Um, but and, I mean, and of course, sometimes it, it can be they've spent an absolute fortune making this thing, and then you know the management are you know the marketing company, or rather the studio is. Well, that's not going to sell. Mm. We need to make it look like something else. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if 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 anybody wonders why you know basically the cinema mostly has like reboots and remakes and you know sequels and uh you know cinematic universes and whatnot um it's basically ba uh, because they're safe you know the 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 studios are investing lots and lots and lots and lots of money in you know films and they want to make sure that it's at least relatively a safe bet and that's what that yeah. is because it already has uh you know kind of a fan base already there and they need like X million, you know, dollars coming in. Mm. And they do the research and it's really bloody annoying, but it comes down to, yeah, will people go and see brand X or will they see herbal blurble? And get, well, that I definitely, you know, oh, yeah, I'd go and see brand X, but I don't know about this herbal blurble. Yeah. 
But I mean, in in the end, you know, it's like we like to think that movies are you know kind of artful and you know they're kind of given to the cultural kind of zeitgeist, uh, and you know even if it's like just like for memes and whatnot, in in essence, they're made to make money. Yeah. That 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 yeah. that's the ultimate purpose. If they did not make money, they wouldn't get made. Simple as that. So it's uh, yeah. And on that note, that that down note. On that down note. Um, oh, I, I, I could I could take it even more down if you want. Oh God. Did anyone see the tweet about Disney doing NFTs? No, but no, I'm glad I didn't. Dear Lord. Yeah, there, there was um, much capital. Ho ho! Did you see what I did there? Yeah, yeah. Um, made that apparently they were doing an NFT of um, Wally. You know, the one that portrays a world that has been what well, an Earth that has been destroyed by rampant consumption, and is covered in trash. I, I feel Earth like trash. I feel like the crypto bros are not understanding the whole fucking issue at the moment, which is that. The goddamn re- energy resources involved. Like, it's bad enough using regular energy resource levels for running just normal ass fucking servers. But with the goddamn, like, blockchain kind of crypto side of things, it's just like, dear lord. I oh, hate man. NFTs. I truly detest them. It's like, hey, you can have this URL, but it will cost you five grand. And will burn down a tree every time you look at it. Or, uh, meanwhile, like if you've got any sense, you just right-click save as. Yeah. There is a thread I'm going to have to share with you later. I I, I have seen threads about the right-click. Well, was it the right-click man attitude, uh, attitude or something? Somebody's got. It's like a. Yeah, it's like my god, you. All of you crypto bros are so dumb. So dumb. Anyway, related and scarily, though, is like Facebook's whole meta thing, and that's a story for another day. Like we, we, like we, we, uh, we are all aware the metaverse bullshit that's happening at the moment. We've read about it. We've watched films about it. We've sometimes experienced it. Not today. Yeah, what what I get with that is that we're a bunch of nerds and we all think it's such bollocks. Oh, yeah. So I'm not quite sure who they're aiming at. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Anyway. It's just crash and burn. On a happier note, find stuff that you enjoy and go do that. Just... That, that's my tip for this month. Um, like watching Bad Batch. Or, or in my case, trying to write, trying to write a novel again. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm neck deep in Nano Remo outside of work at the moment. Um, Sixteen thousand and something words as of today. I'm ahead of expected of me nine days in. So just gonna keep up the pace. I'm actually liking this idea this time. This is the first time, third time's the charm, maybe. Um, well, fingers crossed. Writing for NaNoWriMo, so maybe this will actually be something that I actually go on to actually finish and edit to try and then get published. 
let us hope because this idea that I'm working on, which is the first few ideas, has been kicking about my head for fucking yonks. Um, so yeah, so that's all we've got. All we got time for, gentlemen. So, good night. Wait, didn't we forget to do the Twitter stuff and whatnot? I can't remember what order we do it now. It's it's, so it's Retroid, then me, then yeah, you. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. It, it threw okay, me off. Jump because, in the gun. Because Emily did it wrong. It's yeah, not my yeah. fault. It's late. It's 2021. What do you expect of me? God damn it. Anyway, it's good night from. It's good night from. It's good night from me, not an NFT, but Paul Wood. I'm Super Retroid on Twitter and Retroid on Eurogamer.net. It's good night from me, Paul Blewett. I'm on Twitter's at Paul Blewett. It's good night from me, very tired Emily King. I'm on Twitter at EMKingMA. Uh, you can find notes for this episode over at www.nerdassemble.co.uk. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Nerds Podcast. We're on Facebook is Nerds Assemble Podcast. Episodes are available on cool shit like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher and even Amazon Music these days. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's all we got time for. So, uh, good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.